Hello and welcome to the Case Reopen Podcast. I'm your host, Tyler Treese. We're the number one Detective Conan rewatch podcast, mainly because nobody else is dumb enough uh, to do such a thing. And I'm joined by Colleen. And today, Colleen, I gotta say, there's a part in this episode where the grandma says, she says, like, don't underestimate the elderly. And I feel like that'll be our catchphrase when we're, like, 70 and still doing this godforsaken podcast. <laughs> totally yeah we'll be on episode what 800 hopefully out of 2000 by uh, then god i won't talk numbers <laughs> we're covering a three-parter today so that that means we're making up some time here three episodes instead of two that's so exciting i don't think we had a we haven't had a, a three-parter since what the magic lovers one oh like 30 odd episodes ago this was a string and puppet lovers episode. <laughs> What's with all the puppet episodes? Didn't we just have one last week? Big thing <laughs> with puppets here. Uh, so the first episode is 166, which is the case portion of the Totary Spider Mansion Demon. And this originally aired November 1st, 1999. The Conan's hint here, Colleen, was the number of fish. That makes so much sense now after having watched the episode. I know last week I was not really, um, I was, I guess, a little confused by it. I wasn't really, I didn't know what to expect from the hint. So Conan says, today's stage is Puppet Valley. The spider threads tangle horridly with the case. Episode begins in the area of Totori, which is called Puppet Valley. Haji Hattori and Kazuha are lost in the woods, and they forgot to bring a cell phone. Oops. As one does when they're leaving home. After their motorcycle runs out of gas, Kazuha says that they should have came via taxi. This causes Hattori to snap, as Kazuha said she knew the area and first herself onto his bike. <laughs> Turns out that Hattori got a letter filled with cash telling him to go to the Takeda household. He's only going to give the money back to that idiot that sent it to him. Although he might solve the mystery as well. He's kind of like Conan. Even if he doesn't want to solve a case, he's still like, well, I, I probably should figure it out, you know? Yeah. Like, solving the case is the bonus for a Haiji. Whereas Kogoro, he's just, like, there for the money. Oh, 100%. Since it's late, uh, since it's late Hattori says they might need to camp outside tonight, which displeases Kazaha, who says they might catch a cold. Haji says they'll be alright as long as they cuddle together. <laughs> Kazuha's mind just goes deep into this. She starts fantasizing about it. And Haji says, stop looking at me with those sick eyes, will you? Yeah, he's thinking practical. It's all about, you know, body temperature, making sure they've survived throughout the night. So I don't know what that woman was thinking. Yeah, it's funny, you know, you'd think, uh, you'd think it'd be the other way around. With, like, Kazuha making an innocent suggestion and the guy being perverted. But, uh, you can't trust the women in this series, Colleen. Apparently not. At least not Kazuha. With, around Heiji. A man then overhears them, and he says, and I quote, Now, now, fighting be not the way in revealing thy troubles. They're both completely weirded out by this foreigner, and Haiji suggests that they leave and pretend they never saw this guy. The man apologizes and says, says he's just joking with his manner of speech, and he introduces himself as an American named Robert Taylor, who is a 26-year-old cameraman. 
who apparently is not very funny. No. <laughs> oh. What, did you like, now, now, fighting be not the way and revealing thy <laughs> troubles, Colleen? Where you're like, uh, he's like Takagi, he's really quite charming. No, I I can't say that I thought that, but I did like, uh, I did appreciate the editor's note in the the sub. It was like, oh, this is sort of uh, a play on what they would say in old samurai movies. So I'm like, okay, so this guy basically watched a bunch of movies is now kind of like trying to sound like them. He's a weeaboo, is what they're trying to say. <laughs> he says he loves Japanese nature and was taking photos of the forest. It mentions that the last time he was here, he was under the care of Takada. Hattori asks for directions and Robert decides to come along as he's headed there as well. However, he's also lost as he got absorbed in the scenery. A truck then passes by and it ignores Haji's calls. So he winds up throwing his motorcycle helmet at the truck. The car then backs up, grabs, and a man grabs a Tori out of it. And we hear a familiar voice say, What the hell do you think you're doing? And it's none other than Kogoro. What an entrance. Oh, I, <laughs> I loved it. I love that we got um, an introduction from the perspective of Haiji and Kazuha instead. And that like the trio, meaning like Kogoro, Kona, and Ron, were introduced after the fact. Like, we could have easily gotten this case from their perspective, but I think it's a lot more interesting um, the other way around. Yeah, so Kegger's with Ron Conan, and the person driving the truck is Yuzo Takeda, who is the third son of the family. They're also going to the house to solve a mystery, but Kegger's letter was written by the leader of the family, Nobukazu. Kegger also received 500,000 yen for his troubles, Kegura takes a look at Haiji's letter and reads it. Next Saturday, before the sun changes, Saj show up at the house of Takeda in the Valley of the Puppets, or else living dolls shall become the spider's prey once more. Yuzu then speaks up and he's like, Yep, that's my house. A lot of weird incidents happening there. <laughs> People call it the Puppets Valley Spider Mansion. What a lovely place. Imagine living in a place called Puppet Valley and not being... A puppet master or having anything to do with that line of work You'd probably be shunned exactly and people say there's a curse which immediately frightens ron and kazuha i do i do like how both these badass women are very scared of anything to do with like supernatural or mythology and stuff like that it's a really cute character trait yeah it's very endearing um because otherwise unless unless you're also scared by that stuff because then it just becomes very innocent looking (laughs) no i think i think that was a very good choice uh to have both of them be like martial artists or whatever uh however you want to distinguish them but also have this kind of fear it's very cute once they arrive robert is shocked to learn that nobuzaku's daughter misa died three years ago Yoko, the wife of Takeda's second son, Ryuji, says it occurred just days after Robert left, and that Misa was found hung on the second floor of the doll shack. Shortly afterwards, uh, Misa's mother committed suicide at the same place. Now, just a few days ago, Nobukazu's business partner, Akio Nageshi, died in the toll shack in the same manner. Lots of people dying in this place. Yeah, all three years ago. Actually, no, the uh, the other guy didn't die. But, like, two people died three years ago, and then this guy. Three years yeah. ago and three days ago. 
I guess it's the curse. Yeah, Yoko says her brother-in-law is a puppet maker and I guess she was in charge of selling them. Her husband Ryuji then arrives and explains that his brother wants Kogoro to solve the death of his business partner. Tori says neither Ryuji or Yoko have the Tatori accent, and they explain that they're usually in Tokyo. Nobukazu then comes out to greet Koguro, and he privately tells the great detective that he believes somebody in the house killed Nageshi, that he wants to be the one who knows who did it, rather than him making a public announcement. Which is obviously in the up and up. You definitely don't want to go to the police about that or anything. No, no, no. You get a PI for this stuff. Nobukazu is surprised to see other kids with Koguro, meaning he's not the one that hired Atori. He catches up with Robert and says that Ryuji's daughters, Sai and Emi, will both be excited to see him. Robert says hello to the kids, but the twin nine-year-olds call him a murderer and say that he's come back to kill again. <laughs> what a... These kids are like you, Colleen. What a bunch of haters. Oh, <laughs> I was actually getting uh, the Shining vibes from these two. Although, uh, you know, with retrospect, were they really wrong? I guess not. <laughs> but they kind of come up, come off as really creepy throughout the entire case. Yeah, kids are already creepy, and you add in the twin aspect, super creepy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I didn't realize that they were nine years old until afterwards uh, when I read the uh, the wiki. I actually couldn't really place their age um, very well, but uh, they're, they're taller than Conan, so that's there's something to be said for that. <laughs> Yoko yells at them for being rude, so they run off. We then see the Takeda brothers' mother, Chie Takeda, uh, paring out a door. Later that night, they're all enjoying a meal in sake. The twins ask their mother why they only got half a fish to eat, and she says she only bought enough for the amount of people that were planning to visit, meaning that Hattori... Being there wasn't planned. We meet the housemaid, Shiatani Miyuki, who takes food over to the grandmother. She says that Chie hasn't left her room since Nageshi's death and claims that there's a curse. So what do you think about Granny here? Uh, she's become a recluse and uh, just staying in her room. You know, it's, she's very much a trendsetter. She was like doing COVID protocol decades before it was recommended. Right. Uh... Uh, who knows if she lived to see, you know, COVID. Oh, wow. Um, Dark. What are you, you should have just said that she died from COVID if you're going that route. She's going. Uh, um, yeah, I, I mean, good for Granny, I suppose. Uh, I knew, like, out of all the characters here, I suspected her the least. And it's for such a, it's such a, like, bad reason. It's just because she's quite petite. She's a petite woman, so I didn't think that she could do any of the things that um, were actually the the tricks or like the way that the people died. Well, it's true. She only says, uh, don't underestimate the elderly and not, don't underestimate the petite. Yes. <laughs> a tipsy Nobukazu finishes eating and says he'll go finish the dolls that he's working on. He then tells Kogoro to start investigating tomorrow. And a very drunk Kogoro holds up a sake bottle and says, You've got it! Robert then asks to borrow a car as he wants to visit Misa's grave, as it'll be around the time that the moon is out and the cemetery is between two mountains. Kazuo asks to go along, and so does Ron. Conan tells Ron to take an earring cell phone with her, 
as it'll come in handy in case something happens. Ron's hesitant to accept at first, but Kazuya tells her to take it and says that it seems that Conan is jealous of other men close to you. Right on the money, was she going? <laughs> yeah, probably. Also, Kazuha doesn't have a cell phone because neither her nor Heiji thought to bring one. So he's also <laughs> sort of supporting that need. Yeah, and embarrassed Conan says, you idiot, it's nothing like that. When it's totally like that. Come on, Conan. You're the jealous type. It is. It's so cute. And there are other uh, scenes later on where he's obviously worried about Ron. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's all very cute. Ron and Kazuha leave with Robert, and Yoko goes to take a bath with her daughters. Do you find that anywhere? Watch out. Naked nine-year-old. I mean, I, the family, but but still, when I was nine, I don't think I would want to have a bath with my dad or anything, you know? No, I, I don't know if this is, like, different between boys and girls. Um, Yeah, nine seems... Or maybe they have, like, a larger bath. I don't know. It's still weird to me, but I, they do have, like... I know how, like, bath, bath houses and stuff's a big thing in Japan and it you know isn't here so maybe maybe it is just a cultural thing yeah um nine seems like sort of on the cusp i feel like around that age maybe nine ten eleven you start doing things more independently without your parents like bathing for instance so you wouldn't bathe with a preteen colleen no not right now (laughs) what about a 16 year old colleen no so you wouldn't bathe with shinichi huh interesting Interesting. No, he had he'd have to grow up a little bit. All that's left inside the dinner room is a sleeping Kogoro, but not the type of sleeping Kogoro we usually know. And Conan says there's something strange about those sleeping two. Sleeping drunk Kogoro. Yeah, and Hattori agrees with him. Later on, Yuzo is calling out for his brother and says that he can't find him anywhere. Conan and Hattori suggest checking the tool shack in the shed, but Yuzo says he wasn't there either. They then tell him to check the second floor of the shed, and Ryuji notices that the window on the second floor of the shed is open. They run over to the building, and Hattori and Conan run upstairs to find the locked door. Yuji goes to retrieve an axe, and they break it down to find Nobukazu hanging in what looks to be a spider's web. So we have our first current murder of the episode, Colleen. What do you think about uh, the old man dying here? The curse strikes again. Grandma was right. Ryuji tells the housemaid to call an ambulance. A smart move, so you don't get suspected of murder. And Hattori's like, no, 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 no. Call the police. So did Hattori (laughs) commit the crime here? Right, he was the first one to say it, so he's the most sus. Yeah, Nobukazu's dead, and Hattori says he died about an hour ago. And he tells nobody to enter the scene, as it might be a murder. Then reveals the contents of his letter to the family and introduces himself as a detective. Yuzu has heard of him before and asks if it's okay for Conan to be walking around. But Hattori says Conan is his assistant. How cute. (laughs) I love that. Conan then notices a tack on the floor, which is rusty on the top, but the needle is fresh. So it must have been just pulled loose. Hattori Hattori has them call the police and Yuzu... Asks how a culprit could have escaped the room. Tori says they must have exited through the window with rope. But Yuji says that's impossible as it's barely big enough for a child to fit. That makes this a locked room murder case. 
or a killing by the spider demon, Colleen. Hmm. Yep. Or one of the twins. No, that was not on the table. Old Granny appears, and she aces. The spider demon crawled through the window and used its thread to choke Nobukazu. Anna says she doesn't even care that her son died. She didn't seem too... Yeah, she doesn't seem too bothered by the fact that her firstborn uh, is gone. Like, he... Yeah. Yeah, for, like, a show that makes such a big deal over a guy not crying at his daughter's funeral, she gives no fucks that her son just died. (laughs) Maybe there's another uh, secret here that we don't know about. She says it was punishment for building the stupid shed here. And that Hattori will be cursed as well if he keeps calling it a murder. Tori asks what a spider demon is, and Ryuji explains the myth. There once was a angelic, beautiful woman that podcasted about Detective Conan. <laughs> Just kidding, that's fake. Aww. Not true. <laughs> was she very innocent looking? Very innocent looking. Instead. So, this angelic, beautiful woman uh, would give riddles to all the travelers. She'd say... Do you think that there's a heaven? Would you like to go to that? And the travelers were seduced by her beauty and they would answer yes to her questions. And she led them deep into the forest and they would disappear forever, happily ever after. A puppeteer once heard the rumor and he prepared a life-sized puppet. He watched as the woman tried to seduce the puppet, but the puppet didn't say anything because he's inanimate. And then she got real pissed off and she became a giant spider rather than a nice crow wife or a crane wife (laughs) and uh seeing this the puppeteer shot the spider with flaming arrows and the spider fled into the forest he later found it dead next to smaller spiders and the village has spirit has feared Mm. the spider demon ever since they're scared she was pregnant yeah so lots of lots of little baby spiders roaming around it's pretty disgusting like uh the spiders will lay, like, 50 fucking babies on you. You ever sw- swallow a spider in your sleep, Colleen? You wouldn't know, but it's probably happened. I wouldn't. Statistically speaking. Just crawled right into your mouth, Colleen, while you're sleeping, dreaming of Takagi. And the spiders laying eggs in your throat. And then they hatched. And then 80 baby spiders came out of your mouth while you were still sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Thoughts? Um, maybe, like, I, I hope not, but you're probably right, statistically speaking. <laughs> what a dark turn for this podcast to take. Uh, but it turns out there used to be a temple built to We're talking about murder. <laughs> I think we're okay. So it turns out there used to be a temple built to appease the spider demon, but it was torn down to build this shed. What, they're not even, like, using the shed for anything. Why'd they, why'd they have to tear down the temple? Yeah, you'd think this was, a, like, sacred ground, but no, they just built this shed. And they put boxes. I think that's the only thing. It's like a storage shed. They also had a lot of extra space around this place. They could have built it just next to it. <laughs> like, there's, there's really no specific reason that they had to tear down the temple, you know? Yeah. The villagers protested, but Nobukazu insisted. And after three years, it was uh, three years after it was built, both his daughter and wife died. 
Whether their bodies were found with spider threads all around them. And the same thing happened to Nagishi a few days ago. And it turns out that the spider web is actually the same thread that they use for puppets. So, hmm, maybe it isn't a curse. Maybe it was yeah. murder. Were they explaining... <laughs> nice. Were they explaining the fact that these people could hang on these threads? That, like, that this is demon spider thread? Because pretty sure if you just, like, swat at us regular spiders cobweb like that thing just dissolves it just goes down hey man it's it's surprisingly strong it's a demon spider too so i'm sure it has yeah, stronger that's, web. So that's probably it makes all the difference demon spider thread <laughs> tori says someone is trying to use the curse to hide the murder ryuji then mentions that the cemetery that robert went to is the same place where the spider is said to have died Worried, Conan desperately tries to wake up Koguro, who's still asleep, so he can call Ron with her air cell phone. However, Ron and Kazuha appear safely behind Conan, and she returns the airing to him. And Ryuji then says that he told Ron and Kazuha about the curse, and that they decided not to go, but we later see them that they did go. I did not understand this part, in retrospect. Because he did say, like, oh, I told them about the case, they didn't want to go, but... They show a flashback of them going to the moon. But anyhow. Well, they never made it to the cemetery, right? They, oh, they so they just went to the to, like sightsee. Okay. I, I, that's how I understood. And then Robert, I can't remember if it was something to do with like the weather. Like there was something yeah, where yeah. he's like, oh, let's turn back. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense then. So Robert arrives, he says it was starting to rain, and he was fearful of landslides, so they came back early. Yeah, so, okay. There we That's go. It. Yoko and her daughters then get out of the bath as Kogura finally wakes up, and everyone else is informed of his death. The housemaid that housemaid then says that the police won't be arriving until tomorrow, as a landslide occurred on the way here. Tori asks to borrow Robert's camera, and... Says that they'll do the investigation himself. Uh, and he says, we will do the investigation. And Kazuha's like, we? And he's like, uh, me and Koguro. Yeah, me and this old guy here, Pops. <laughs> Not Conan. Later that night, Ron mentions that she can't find her charger that she put in her bag. And that she had it in the car. Kazuha convinces her to check the car now as she still has the key from Yuzo. While Kagura told them to stay in their rooms, Kazuya says it'll be fine. There's not a murder on the loose or anything. Come on. So the girls walk outside, and that's when a shadowy figure spots them. They check the car, but they don't find the charger. Ron says she must have dropped it in the mountains. Ron seems really down about losing it, and Kazuya asks if Shinichi bought it for her, which makes Ron all embarrassed. Kazuya says, I really envy Kudo. Ron, who's this cute, is this worried about him. I wonder where he is right now. If I was a man, I would steal Ron from this cold-hearted man like him and take her somewhere. And so Ron has to defend Shinichi as if she was calling on this podcast. And she's like, you know, he's actually really nice. And uh, I feel like he's always with me, even though he's not, hasn't talked to me in five weeks and only calls me whenever I get super suspicious about Conan. But, um, I can tell he really cares about me, actually. He really cares about me. He bought me a charger. 
but I'm not really sure when it charges. <laughs> I know. What was she charging in 1999? <laughs> I don't know. I thought that Kazuha needed batteries, and then all of a sudden runs like, I have a charger. And I was like, for what? The batteries? I don't understand. Yeah, they then search near the car for the charger, but Kazuha's pen light starts to die. And Ron says, hey, I've got some spare batteries in my CD player. Even though it's raining, I'm going to run off inside. And I'm going to leave you alone to be bait for this criminal. And Kazuha's like, okay. These two aren't very consistent in being afraid. It's like they, they're afraid of this curse, right? They're afraid of the supernatural, but they're just running around in the dark. I know. It's ridiculous. Kazuha wonders where in the world Kudo is, and then she finds a white pellet on the ground. A shadowy figure with a taser then walks up next to her. And meanwhile, the twins are talking, and they say, He came! We saw it, right? We did, we did! Spiderweb! How scary! Scary, scary! What's scary is how these two talk. Yeah, they finish, they alternate sentences here. They'll say, like, they'll say, they don't even alternate sentences, they alternate, like, sentence fragments. They'll say, they'll say like, three words, and the other <laughs> one continues. It's like, you're supposed to be nine. You're in grade school. You should know how to talk by now. You're not, like, three. You're not, like, five-year-olds, you know? Too bad Mitsuhiko is not here to tell them that. Let me tell you, you should talk in complete sentences with a noun, a verb, and a proper subject. Can I see you in the bathroom, ladies? Because I have some investigation to do. <laughs> well, that is that actually does make sense, because there is a lot of bath talk in this episode. So the next Kenan's hint is Misa, Say, and Emmy. Kenan says, prepare to be surprised. And Ron says, ah, so that's where it was. Kenan goes, what? And Ron says, the mascot. And Kenan goes, huh? <laughs> uh... These are landing with like less and less <laughs> like regularly. I just feel like these are terrible. I don't know if it's a translation thing. I'm going to I'm going to say that it is and <laughs> just say like oh it's so hilarious I just can't understand it. But what's not terrible is our fine Patreon supporters. I want to give a thanks to medium-sized Jeffrey. Just the right size, not too big, not too small. The normal-sized <laughs> Jeffrey you want to help you wake up in the morning. Ryan Self, the man, the myth, the legend. Spencer Young. Old Spencer. Shout to Spencer. Steven Oh, Stevens, Stephen Young, yeah. William Lee and uh, Big Chief Mason. Shout out to all of our fine supporters. Thank you, guys. And we'll continue with episode 167, the Tetri Spider Mansion Demon, The Suspicion. This aired November 8th, 1999. Spider Mansion gets more complicated, but Ron and Kazuha are now in danger, Kevin says. After a recap of the first episode, we pick up where we left off. Ron runs back to Kazuha. Oh, you know, we didn't... Should we give, like, thoughts on each individual episode? Or... Yeah, what were um, your thoughts so far? I think we usually do, so... Sure. What are you thinking? Uh, I thought it was an uh, interesting, intriguing beginning. Uh, I am, I'm always a sucker for, like, a complicated-looking trick, and this one kind of fit that bill with all the wires, so I was very curious. Oh, God, does it. <laughs> I love how, and we're, we're going to get to this, but I'll just talk about it now because it's on my mind, but in part three, I'm pretty sure that Haiji's, or 
maybe it was Conan as Kogro, one of them's like, oh, it's a relatively simple trick. Let me tell you how it worked. And then he like proceeds to explain it. And I was like, that's not simple at all. <laughs> if you have to take that much time to explain it. Um, but yeah, so I was very intrigued as to how that was all going to work out. Um, and yeah, there seems to be a lot of things going on in the family. And so it's like, not only is there this murder or potential murder, we're not sure, I guess yet. Um, but there's also like this whole backstory stuff that needs to also be unraveled. So yeah, I'm, uh, I'm very much looking forward to this next part. Did you have any suspicions of who had done it? Oh, I thought it was Robert. Oh. At this, by the, at this point. Was it because it he was, was just... talking like an olden samurai? Like it was mixed with Yoda? <laughs> sure, let's go with that. Um, oh, I was I was suspicious of the foreigner. Oh. Yeah, I liked the, I liked the first part. I had no clue who had done what. The whole whole mystery was so confusing to me. I was like, I have no clue how any of this was done. I was just I tapped out trying to figure this out. I, had, <laughs> I was like, okay, I see a tack, and the subtitles were trying to tell me it was a nail, and I was like, that's not a nail, that's a tack. But uh, I had I was completely lost. <laughs> I was just there for the ride. Hey, but you looked at like that level of detail. I was like, whatever. I don't care if it's a tack or a nail. <laughs> Let's keep going. Well, I've got to take the notes, so I spent about two <laughs> minutes deciding, do I write nail or do I write tack? And I was like, I'm going to go with tack, because that's a tack, damn it. And I, I was vindicated, because uh, I believe a future episode referred to it as a tack. So take that, episode one subtitle. I do love how we'll get <laughs> subtitles from like different groups, even though it's like a multi-part episode. So it'll be all these inconsistencies and stuff. It makes note-taking super fun. Oh, well, nothing can beat that. Sorry to interrupt you, but nothing can beat that one episode where the first part, like the subtitles were fine. And then the second part, it changed to like these Chinese Chinese names. names yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. But uh, I think what interested me the most was the inter-family drama here. And I wanted to learn more about that. We do. So we get a recap of the first episode here in the suspicion part. And then we pick up where we left off. Ron runs back to Kazuha and says, Hey, I actually found the chargers between my CD player's lid. I actually didn't drop it out here. We're wandering around for no reason. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> cares. Let's move on. And then, But Kazuha is nowhere to be found. And Ron finds the pen light on the ground. And she's like, oh crap. I think she's dead. And I killed her. Oops. Oops. But at least Ron has returned back to her... Uh, Forte with the pen light, flashlights, same difference. <laughs> yeah, so Kogoro, Hattori, and Conan are checking the body and they note that there's some trauma to the back of the head. The estimated time of death is 9 p.m. They assume the killer set up a meeting, then attacked him when he entered, then hung the body from the ceiling. The body was then wrapped in string to imitate the legend. Kogoro says what's odd is how the criminal escaped. Tori also finds it suspicious that Nobukazu's sandals and the flashlight was scattered on the floor. Plus, the storage room supposedly hasn't been used in three years, but there isn't a speck of dust. Tori then wonders if there was a reason for the window to be open for the trick to work. Conan doesn't believe so. He would wind up being very wrong. And then says he can <laughs> hear Ron and Kazuha's voices from outside. 
Kagura says they're asleep, so that's nonsense. My daughter's not out there, you crazy kid. I I did like that uh, he was concerned about the girls, but then when they eventually do find them, Conan doesn't, you know, ask Ron how she is or anything. Like, I, it, it just, there was no follow-up, and uh, it just seemed a little odd having just gone through how um, Conan was, like, worried about her and gave her the cell phone earring and all that. The three of them then hear somebody walking up the steps. They hide, and Hattori yells, Let's just ask herself of the reason why she's here. And then he's like, Oh, it's the housemaid. Okay. I, I, I wasn't expecting you. So that this I, this never really gets resolved, but I was wondering who he thought it was, because he did say a gender here. So he definitely thought it was a woman coming up. But he never, like... I wonder who he thought it was supposed to be. Right. And... <laughs> Conan made it a, made a point to say, "Oh, heavy foot." I'm not sure if he actually said it out louder and just thinking of it, but he said, "Oh, heavy footsteps. It can't be Ron." I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> <laughs> she explains that she thought they'd be hungry, and she brought rice balls and tea for them. What a nice man! Oh, nice. I like this uh, character. She was very nice. Meanwhile, Ron is still searching for Kazuha. Kogura learns that the housemaid was friends of Misa as they were both nurses at the same hospital. She eventually found nursing too tiring and quit, which was when Misa got her hired as a maid. She says Misa had a great personality and a kind heart. Tori wonders why such a girl would commit suicide. The housemaid says there was an incident after Nobukazu came back from the hospital. Turns out that Nobukazu grabbed his wife and started yelling at her about how she had lied to him for 20 years. She isn't sure of the full situation, but Misa suffered an injury as she tried to stop the fight between her parents, well, one of her parents, and was knocked down by Nobukazu. Misa hit her head on a pillar and had to get seven stitches on her forehead. She was depressed after that and stopped going to the hospital. However, Misa met Robert three years ago after a landslide. He'd accidentally gotten caught in it and he suffered injuries. The hospital was filled to capacity then. So they just threw the foreigner out, and he had no place to go. <laughs> I didn't even think about it like that, but yeah, maybe this was a case of prejudice, and they're just like, we don't want to keep him here. Yeah, so Misa took care of him personally, and Robert's mouth was injured, so he couldn't talk. While Robert spoke Japanese, he couldn't write kanji, so instead they conversed through maji, which is Roman alphabet, but spelling Japanese words. Once he was able to talk, Misa became very happy, and they would joke around a lot. The housemaid says that after Robert left, Misa went back to her old depressed ways. Then one day she went missing, and Yuzo found her body in the storage room. A few days later, her mother died the same way. The housemaid found it odd that Nobukazu didn't cry at the funeral, but Ryuji was bawling uncontrollably. Also, the twins had gotten very close to Robert... But two years ago, when they came back, they started saying weird things about him. It was Robert. Robert killed Misa. So wrong. Really wrong. So what do, what do you think? This is a lot of drama here. So the twins are 100% certain that Robert killed Misa. And apparently... I mean, they they don't like straight up say it, but they make it pretty clear here that Ryuji uh, fathered uh, Misa here. Okay, yeah, I agreed. It, it was pretty obvious. Like, the whole, like, crying at the funeral thing gave it away. 
Um, well, I thought more so, of the 20 years. Like, oh, what else would she lie about for 20 years? Like, she had a different blood type. <laughs> like, what, what kind of silly... Yeah. Oh, you had HIV for 20 years. You never told me. <laughs> like, it's gonna be... You hate daughter. puppets? Yeah. <laughs> oh, we boy. live in Puppet Valley. So at this point, uh, like, after the housekeeper told them this story, I basically... So I'm still suspicious of Robert the entire time. But now I'm thinking, um, like, he killed Nobukazu to avenge Misa. Because uh, that, that, like, I didn't really have enough details to piece it all together from the first part. But now it's, it was sort of, like, coming all... It was um, getting a little bit more filled in. And, uh, yeah, obviously. So I thought that, yeah... Ruiji uh, fathered Misa, but I thought it was like a, like a because the mom like Ruiji and uh, Misa's mom were like whatever their first loves or true loves. So I thought that was what was going on there. The twins started being suspicious of Robert after Nageshi came to pick up dolls. He was startled by the conversation, but the twins came to the conclusion after speaking to him. Nageshi said they only asked him about a few names. Kaguya then asked about Nageshi's death. He's told that everybody had left the house, and Yoko came back early to prepare dinner. She then found him in the pantry room. The housemaid was with Nobukazu buying groceries at the time, so she wasn't there. And it turns out that after his wife died, the man of the household dealt with all the financial aspects of the house. So he'd say, Buy seven fish, not one more! <laughs> Because we're not going to have any visitors. No extra fish for them. Also, what's the hint for this episode? Did we say? Yeah, yeah. It was Misa, Sai, and Emmy. Just oh, names. okay. Gotcha. I think that was the first time we had, like, actual characters as the hint. Well, is it the characters or is it the names? Is it Ooh, the spelling? Oh, good point. Yes, indeed. She also confirms that all the strings used to hang the bodies can be found in the shed and says it's used for puppets. Meanwhile, ropes should be in the tool shack, and she goes to show them where it's at. Hattori asks Conan if he knows who the killer is, but Conan doesn't know the killer or the murder method. He says it can't be Robert, silly Pauline, as he never came close to the storage room. Hattori has the following suspects, which is... Literally everybody. <laughs> like he Everybody he, else. <laughs> yeah. They don't they don't have a clue is basically what we get Which, out of this conversation. Did you find that uh surprising? Because, you know, we have double the detective power here. I'm not counting Kogoro, but we've got oh, the detective the great detective of the East and the West here, so you'd think that at least one of them might have a clue. Nah, they're completely stumped. <laughs> Kind of mentions the strings, and Atori wonders why they made it a lock room, as it would have looked like a suicide without those, and the invitation sent to Hattori is still mysterious. Inside the shack, they find Ron crying. He says Kazuha is missing. They decide to split up and do a search, while we then see a shadowy figure tying up Kazuha in string. We see the figure prepare a noose, and Hattori notices the warehouse doors open, and they rush in. There he finds Kazuha hanging, and he cries out to her. Tori rushes over to her, but thankfully, she's only hanging by strings as the rope isn't attached. 
So she's still alive, Colleen. Were you worried about Kaza? Did you think she was going to die here and never appear again? Uh, so, no. I mean, I, I knew that, <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's it's just nice. Well, sorry. This might be phrased oddly, but it's nice to see Heiji take some sort of uh, initiative and um, actually worry about her for once. I mean, we know that he does. I know he always yells at her and calls her an idiot, but he really cares for her. I gotta say, one thing that, like, really hurts Conan and, like, kind of kills a lot of the drama most of the time is that there are basically never any repercussions. It's so rare for a, like, character that appears repeatedly to actually, like, die or suffer an actual injury, like, that is meaningful. And even, like, a few times when I thought they killed characters, uh, they wind up showing back up and like the only person that actually died was like uh uh Hibari's sister but she only really appears once except for the anime messed it up so it wasn't <laughs> like she was this reoccurring character and then she died so like every time they try to put like a main cast member in in, in danger i'm never like worried because they're not gonna die <laughs> like everybody has plot armor yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And I suppose that's one of the flaws of having a long-running series, too, because you know that that character appears in episode 990 or whatever, so unless it unless they, like, die and come back to life, but I'm not seeing any Dragon Balls here in this series, so that's probably not happening. <laughs> yeah, that's Yaiba. That would, that would be found in Yaiba, <laughs> So Kazuo wakes up and she doesn't remember what happened. Hattori cuts her down and Ron apologizes. Kazuo goes, but the charger, Ron, that Shinichi gave you. (laughs) Did you find the charger? She's like, yeah. And she's like, I'm glad. Okay. I think think she says it again. She's like, I found it between the CD lid. And I don't even know what that means, how how a charger can fit in that. But like... (laughs) okay like when i was watching the episode it didn't bother me as much but now that we're actually you know going through it and looking at this with a critical eye it seemed like such a petty thing or such like a (laughs) such like a nothing uh b plot for the girls because it's like can't they have anything more interesting or more important to discuss I guess it's good, like, with the low standards here, is that it's good that they at least had a B-plot. Although, boy, it sure is really dumb. They couldn't be doing something interesting. They had to be worried about some sentimental object that a boy gave them, you know? Yeah. Well, and what more? What's more? I don't think we ever see this charger. I don't remember (laughs) this being very important in the past, and now all of a sudden it is. And I just want to know what she's charging. (laughs) <laughs> what is it a charger for? Yeah, I wonder if that's just a bad translation thing and if it's actually a charger or not, but who can say? Tori tells Kegra we'll to know. I mean we could probably look up the manga, but I don't want to right now. So <laughs> that seems like a lot of work. So Tori tells Kegra to uh, uh to help out Kazaha as the killer was just here. The only reason they didn't kill Kazaha is because they heard them coming and fled the scene. That means the killer is still in the warehouse upstairs. Tori and Ken run upstairs, sure of themselves, but they only find 
Nobukazu's body there. The only escape route is that small window, and they can't believe the killer got away. So obviously they didn't get out the window, and obviously they did hang Kazuha. So, so how did this guy get away? <laughs> it, it's now that I'm, like we're going through this, there's a lot of running around happening, and they find they kind of like come up with the answer very quickly because right now they're just sort of clueless. Everyone is gathered together, and Hattori starts to interrogate them, but Kegger is like, uh, no, we're just here to prevent any murders, and Hattori's like, Kazuha's gonna wake up, and she's gonna remember your face, I bet you better come clean. <laughs> and then Kogoro, like, has to hold him back, it's, it's hilarious. Yeah, so, we can clearly see that Hattori's getting emotional during this case, and, uh, Kogoro gets everybody's alibi, but basically, it turns out none of them have alibis. Yeah, perfect. Kony notices that Yuzo is still missing. Ryuji says he's likely in the workroom. And we find him working on puppets that his brother had promised to a customer tomorrow. So his brother died, and he's busy working on puppets. I was like, okay, these aren't puppets. <laughs> I it gets revealed shortly, but like I knew immediately. I was like, oh, this has to be like drug related or something. So you think that Yuzo was in on it? I don't see how he couldn't be. I mean, I... Oh, wow, I didn't think he was. I guess not, because he says that his brother wouldn't let him, like, do the small repairs and stuff, which was obviously just putting in more drugs. But I just find it so odd that he was like, you know what, I'm I'm in grief, but I gotta work on these puppets. (laughs) I figured it was a pride thing. You know, they're, I don't know, like the most renowned family of puppet makers in Puppet Valley or whatever. So he needed to fill in the order tomorrow. But that does seem, it is questionable how first the mom didn't really care that the her first son died. And now like the brother who was his, um, not assistant, but like, I guess his like, the the other only other family member that worked on the puppets with him so they would have had a close relationship so not, nobody seems to care that nobukazu is dead i got to say it's really funny that like imagine if they did sell these puppets for 100,000 yen after the brother had died and the people would like take it back and they were like where the hell are the drugs Did i really <laughs> pay this much money for just a dumb puppet do not insult the puppet. <laughs> so Yuzu explains that his company went bankrupt three years ago. So his brother then taught him how to make puppets and hired him. He can do simpler tasks like installing the parts, but his brother wouldn't let him do any of the minor repairs. He says that each bro- each puppet his brother made would go for 100,000 yen, and that repairs would run about 70,000 yen. At least they, uh... <laughs> at least they gave a... I discount the repeat customers. Yeah, that, that was nice. Some people would even bring it back for repairs more than ten times, Yuzu explains. Is this dude an idiot? I just thought he was really innocent. Not innocent looking, innocent. Like He's explaining this as if, like, oh, I guess the puppets just broke a lot. And maybe we just do a bad job of making these puppets in the first place because we need to repair them constantly. 
Yeah, the profits allowed Mubikazu and Nageshi to travel to other countries, and the prices have skyrocketed ever since Nageshi started selling them. Hmm. Kyoden then notices an oversized puppet, which Yuzo says is of the spider demon. It is controlled by strings, and it was made by his father, who would put on a puppet show with it. However, it's hard to use, so it's rarely taken out. Tori also notices a bunch of boxes, and Yuzo says those were packing boxes that Nageshi was supposed to take with him before he died. Yuzo says that after Nageshi died, his brother discovered that one of the puppets was missing, and many anxious clients even called their home. That's why he quickly made another one. Conan and Tori don't buy the prices for these puppets, so they take a look at the dolls once they get rid of them. And they take a look inside, and they find a bunch of drugs. Conan says that explains why Nobukazu secretly hired a detective rather than going to the police. So what do you think about this drug trip? Because it just screamed front. Like, this is the most obvious. Like, the fact that this guy was living there for three years, and he just couldn't explain why these puppets went from, like, costing 10,000 yen to 100,000 suddenly. And he's like, oh, I just thought they got popular. I thought Yuzo was so cute. Like he was so nonchalant when he was being questioned because they're like, "Oh, what's in the boxes?" He's like, "Oh, well, that's actually this." Like he's so co- cool as a cucumber here. Um, but yeah, the the whole drug thing. Like, uh, I guess I didn't necessarily expect it to come into the episode. Like there was enough going on, but once they did talk about the prices, I was like, "Oh, okay. Well, obviously these aren't like." puppets made of gold there's something else going on here Conan says the case is becoming clearer Tori is mostly confused about the method used in the locked room and why Kazaha was targeted they then run into Yoko who's looking for the twins as they disappeared after she took them to the restroom they were probably like mom stop uh <laughs> trying to do this private stuff with us you weirdo we're trying to go meet Mitsuhiko in the bathroom yeah um uh, Yozo, uh, Yoko, can you please leave? I'm trying to get some alone time with the twins. Wow. <laughs> Said Mitsuhiko never. I, I really don't... <laughs> like, never mind. The ultimate detective boy fantasy is to be alone in the women's bathroom with the twins. Yeah, these Mitsuhiko, twins. Mitsuhiko, <laughs> what is wrong with you? What about your love for Ayumi? What if Ayumi had a twin? Oh. <laughs> Mitsuhiko just got excited there. <laughs> the girls then appear, and they said they smelled something weird. And they say, it must be baby spiders burning in the stove. jeez. Oh, it's burning. Didn't Granny say that? That's right. That's right. So they check the stove, and Atori finds something weird inside. Karen asked the girls why they believe Robert is the murderer. They said that the day Robert came back, Misa wanted them to ask Robert what he thought of her. They went to the bus stop and they asked they asked him seriously about how he felt about Misa. However, Robert wrote something really terrible back. He wrote, die. What a <gasps> jerk. You jerky jerk jerk man. You jerk face. You jerk Kaido, if you will. <laughs> Oh gosh, that's good. Yoko says to ignore them and that they must have read it wrong and that she sh- never should have let her daughter see the business card. And Kevin's like, what? This makes no sense. You're as weird as them. 
And so she <laughs> shows the business card to Conan. It's Akio Nagashi's card. And she says her daughter's made a fuss after they saw it. Tori gets the object out of the stove. And it is the remains of a taser. Tori then runs to Kazuha and asks her to take off her clothes. Oh, this is a great scene. And he says, stop stalling and let me take a look. <laughs> After seeing her almost die, he knows he needs to get in on this action right away. Right, because he doesn't know how much longer he'll have. Yeah, Kaza's super embarrassed. And then Conan lifts up her like dress and he's like, looking at her legs. <laughs> and then we see a big slap. Tori gets slapped. And Conan's unharmed. And Hattori's like, why is it always just me? Conan's like, I'm a kid. Hee <laughs> hee. One of the many perks of Shinichi being shrunk. Ron then says that Kazuha has a small burn mark on her back. Kazuha also mentions the weird marble that she found. And Ken and Hattori believe it's a baby pellet. And they figure out how the murder was done. They look in the room and then they find proof of the trick. Which are marks left by tacks. And a string that has loops on it. They figure out the murderer as the episode ends. The next kind of hint is the Ramaji, so the Roman alphabet, and we see uh, the word shine written on there. Interesting. Yeah, what's that all about? Kenan then says, next time is finally the solving of the case. And that girl says, it will be the culprit's turn to get tangled in the web. And Kenan says, I see. So what did we think of part two? Uh, yeah, I, th- I really enjoyed the family drama. I thought it was really picking up nicely. And uh, I like the drug aspect. I like drugs. Uh, I, want- I wish they would have went into more detail. What were they selling, Colleen? Was it the cocaine? Was it, uh, the, you know, what was it? Meth. Molly. Heroin. We don't know. It was all of it. It was whatever could fit in those little puppets. <laughs> Yeah, I thought this was—I thought this was a good episode. I thought it was all building up. I was interested in fi- figuring out who did it and uh, exactly how it was done because I really had no clue. Yeah, I had—I uh, didn't know how the actual murder was done, but I had a lot of theories kind of popping up in my head. Uh, so at this point, I'm thinking Robert had misspelled whatever he had written to Misa. Um, turns out that wasn't actually the case, but that's what I thought at this point. Um, so I'm thinking Nabukaza, Nabukazu rather, killed his wife and daughter because he felt betrayed by the birth secret. That was one of my theories. He also killed his assistant, Nagisa, because maybe Nagisa wanted out of the whole drug dealing thing and um, he just couldn't, Nabu, Nobukazu couldn't uh, trust him, like trust that he wouldn't rat him out to the police. And as far as uh, Nobukazu's killer, I was still thinking Robert. But now I added, actually, Ruiji to the list because I was convinced he was Misa's real father. So I thought maybe he was actually the one out for revenge. So yeah, lots of going on. Lots of, thing go- lots of things going on in my mind. But um, I wasn't really sure of uh, the actual murder method. Yeah, yeah. So let's move on to episode 168, the territory... Spider-Mansion Demon, The Resolution. This originally aired November 15, 1999. The mystery of the mansion is still unsolved. Haiji and I will solve it in today's episode. Well, you better, because it's The Resolution. I really kind of hated how two-thirds into this episode they switch opening songs. 
it's like we can't... yeah that was so weird <laughs> like can we not get like some consistency here why not just wait an episode why'd it have to be fair right yeah. in the middle of a multi-part episode and then and they didn't change the ending so it, it didn't really make much sense why just the opening changed well they usually don't change at the same time it's weird like, well yeah that is would. true but but it's like ra- totally random it's not like they're the same number of episodes or anything either. It's like some will go for 20, some will go for... There's like one that's like four episodes. <laughs> I don't know if they hate it or something. <laughs> it wasn't very it's popular. A... Yeah, it's real random. Uh, so the new opening is Mystery, Mysterious Eyes by Garnet Crow. What do you think about this song, Colleen? I thought it was nice. It was very calming. Um, not one of my favorites, but it uh, wasn't bad. So I'll read some of the lyrics. Uh, I'm going to skip to it. Uh, there's a whole other verse that isn't used for the, the actual opening, but we get the second verse here. In the days of our youth, those pebbles that ever flowed in our hands, unseen, defying time, are shining like treasures. If you saw it, then go for it. That different love that passed you by. And you long for something you can't touch. True hearts for mystery eyes. So that's in English, that part. <laughs> the two heart mystery <laughs> eyes. And they say, let's go somewhere by the sea, but you were all I could see that day when I took you there. Even when we can't see the endless skies, to the next stop, you take your way. I think that's also in English. But they say, hold me. I'd like to be in your love. I only search for the answers in this time so filled with hesitation. To the next stop, you take your way. I wonder silently in confusion. I feel so all in secret life. Okay. <laughs> in secret life, I think is the English part, not uh, you take your way. I apologize. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a song. I, li- I do like this opening. Uh, the lyrics are a bit much, though. It kind of sounds like poetry, but not poetic, if that makes any sense. It's like if, <laughs> if you read poetry and it's just a bunch of words and people are like oh that's so beautiful and i go i'm not quite sure what that's supposed to mean but let's carry on yeah it kind of hurts when we're using like fan translations too i'm sure you know like especially something like songs and poetry like the word choice is so specific and when that gets altered even a little bit it's uh hard for it to have the same resonance so i mean if we're ever like kind of lukewarm on a song's lyrics that's probably why i'm sure it's makes much more sense in the original Japanese, so we mean no disrespect. No, for sure. The Well, I, I will point out that the English, at least the last line, doesn't make sense, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> Although I must say, Gary Gary Chop, a better song. You got the dudes in the intro rocking out. I'll miss that. Are, are you going to be okay? We're going to get Gary, another Gary. rock. <laughs> Yeah, but are we going to get live action shots of the band rocking out? Probably not. Ooh, I don't... Mm, I'm not sure. <laughs> so we get a recap of the case thus far. Then Hattori tells everybody that he's figured out the murderer. And that Kogoro wants everybody to go to the second floor of the shack and gather there. He also wants the huge puppet at the workhouse there. Uh, plus any spare gasoline I was like, what's the well. gasoline for? <laughs> I didn't realize that they were actually going to demonstrate... His motorcycle was out of gas, yeah. remember? It's, it's a... That's a callback. 
Meanwhile, Kegger is at the shack, and he's like, why are we waiting for Hattori? What's going on? Why do you move the body? Why am I here? And that's when Conan... <laughs> so Conan knocks him out with his uh, little watch He looks watch so dart. devious. And he goes, here oh, it comes. <laughs> so Conan's, like, in the shadows, and he has, like, this reflection on his glasses. He looks real ominous, and then... <laughs> I love Kogoro's uh, reactions sometimes because it makes it sound like, okay, well, I'm just going to succumb to this now. And yeah, he, it's like he doesn't question it. Conan, as Kogoro then begins his deduction show, Yuji asks about the locked door and Kogoro explains that the criminal didn't escape from the room as they actually murdered Nobukazu outside of it. The trick was done with puppet strings, rope, and a few now, uh, no, 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 ah, there you go. a few tacks. They took a rope with a loop on it and tied it to the beam above. They then used thread with tiny hoops on each end and tacks to put the rope around the window. Another long thread of string was then used to loop around the hoop of the rope to where the hoop is tied. None of this made any sense. Just pretend there's a thing. It was then circled around the beam at the center of the room and then left hanging outside. So basically he made something where if you pulled on the string, it would... uh grab somebody's neck and fling them back so that's what we need to know i hate how complicated like the string stuff always is because i I follow like the translation even (laughs) that makes no sense when you're not seeing it visually i'm just like oh if they say it oh yeah it really helps having the body actually go through the motions and you're like okay that's what they want me to understand so canon has the trick all set up all that has to be done is to make Nobukazu look outside the window. Once the string outside is pulled, then he'll be hung in the room. Kegger explains that Nobukazu locked the win- locked the door because he had important matters to discuss in the room. And he had looked outside because he heard a sound, which was a BB gun being fired at the window. Maybe I misinterpreted it. So he was called over to the shack to discuss something with somebody. And then he locked the door... Because why? He didn't want anybody to think he was there. I guess to stumble upon it. Yeah. I don't know. And then, like, what the the actual person he was going to talk to, he was going to, like, do a secret knock. <laughs> Maybe they had a secret knock. Yeah, there you go. And so, Nobukazu, after locking the door, he looked outside because he heard a sound, which was a BB gun being fired at the window. This was all revenge over the suicide of Misa three years ago. So this was when I was like, oh, Robert. Because he wanted to... You mean marry her? Take her to Pound Town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, marry her. <laughs> my, <laughs> my buddy from high school, I, I I used to work with him at it. After school, we worked together uh, for a little while at a grocery store. Oh, where you were bread captain. Yeah, I was the bread captain. And... Uh, so his Wi-Fi, like router, the name of his Wi-Fi was Pound Town, and that was like when he was at college. Uh-huh. They had named it that because it was funny, and then he brought it back to his house, and like his parents started using it. <laughs> that is the worst possible thing that could happen. <laughs> so his parents were using Pound Town. Did wifi. they get? Did they get it, or was it like, oh, like a pound of cake? We know. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if they ever got it, but it's a very funny story. Oh, shout out to Robert. Oh, Uh, I haven't talked to him. Sorry, your friend's name is actually Robert? 
as well. Oh, whoa! Oh, wait, no. No, his name's Tom! Oh, God. <laughs> it's been so long since I talked about... Yeah, his name's Tom. I remember. I remembered his last name, and I was like, yeah, Robert, that's his first name, sure. And then I was like, oh, wait. That would yeah, have been so... Oh, that would have been... Made it all. Shout out to Tom. Hi, uh, Tom. So he says that the killer loved the fake daughter of Nobukazu and believed that Nobukazu forced her into committing suicide. Kegura then reveals that Yuji is Misa's real father. He admits it and apologizes to his wife, Yoko. Can't say he, any of us are shocked. He had been with... Well, I was shocked about this. Why they hooked up. Uh, he had been with Nobukazu's wife, Kimio, before he met Yoko. Turns out that the hospital told Nobukazu that he couldn't have a child, so Kimio begged Ryuji to impregnate her. Sounds like a bad, like, porno script. <laughs> Does it? Do they yeah. deal with pregnancy in pornos? Oh, the very popular subgenre is like, uh, he made me pregnant five times. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> People like the, uh... uh. People like childbirth. They want to get the girls pregnant. (laughs) Anyhow. Spread their seed. (laughs) Multiply. Exactly. There's a game. There's a video game called Conception. Where the whole thing is Not to be mistaken for Inception. To save the world, you have to, like, hook up with 16 girls. And then it's an RPG. And then after you hook up with the girls, your kids, it, like, does a time skip. And then you fight with the kids to save the world. That actually sounds pretty awesome. And it kind of reminds me of... uh... What a great pickup line, though. You're you're like, uh, you know what? The the world's actually on the line, so I'm kind of going to have to make you pregnant. Imagine what a dick you'd be for saying no. They're kind of forced into it. Yeah, that, but we have to save the world. <laughs> yeah, come on. It's like the, um, what is the aspiration in The Sims called where you have to like make 20 babies? Or maybe it's just like you have the family aspirations and you want so many kids. And then once you get them, you're happy. You're like maxed out at happiness level. Well, her happiness level was one kid. And, uh... Or Yuji was like, let's do it. I'm going to fuck my brother's wife. And he did it. And he says, because it was only that one time, and since both my brother and I had the same blood type, he thought it would never be revealed. Every three years ago, a doctor at the hospital just let it slip. <laughs> and I, what a funny thing. He's like, hey, so how's that daughter of yours? I mean, she's not really your daughter. Old Yuji fucked your wife, huh? But uh, how's she doing? <laughs> like, how does that come up? I know, just regular conversation. And he was probably there for a checkup for himself. So, yeah, that doctor, um, like, never mind. No, the doctor wouldn't have been guilty of anything. Interesting how the doctor knew, though. Oh, yeah, because, never mind. He he would have known that Nobukazu can't have kids. Yeah, I wonder if Nobukazu just thought it was like a miracle and the doctor was wrong or something, you know. Hard to say. Yeah, Nobukazu does seem like the type who would think that doctors are wrong. 
He's like, I knew my sperm had it in him. Yeah, I got her, got her pregnant. Oh, I put my puppet in her. I don't know. <laughs> so Misa committed suicide then, and Akimio felt the guilt, and then followed in her own footsteps. And he says, "It's all because I accepted a request and put it in her." Whoa, what was me? What was me? It was just <laughs> one time. Ryuji then asks Kegura how he knew that he was Misa's father, and Kegura says it was her name. Misa is linked back to the names of his other daughter, Sai, and Emi. Comes back in a circle, says Kegura, as each of the girls have one kanji letter of Misa's name in it. Also, at Misa's funeral, he was crying more than Nobukazu, because why would you be sad that your niece died, you weirdo? Yeah, because nobody in this family is sad when family members die, so he's the odd man out. Ryuji is shocked by this as his children's names were all of his mother's suggestion. That's when the granny appears and she says, I always knew the truth, so I made the names loop for you. Don't underestimate the elderly. (laughs) You go, granny. I knew immediately after Misa was brought home from the hospital I could see how you were acting. But I did think you would hate Nobukazu enough for my granddaughter's sake that you would take a revenge upon her. First you fucked his wife, then you <laughs> killed him. Tranny. <laughs> Even trying to make things as though that spider monster did it. You're truly despicable. Oh yeah, so he's despicable for making the spider monster out to be a murderer. So I, I guess she never truly thought it was the curse, and she was just kind of playing dumb. So old Granny has some tricks up her sleeve. Yeah, so in the first episode, when you asked me, like, oh, what did I think about Granny and the curse and all that, and how she's a recluse now? Basically, Granny just didn't want to hang out with her family, so she's like, yes, there's a curse happening about, I'm going to lock myself in my bedroom. But really? Yeah, and like she probably thought one of her sons did the crime, so she was like, I don't want to... I'm just gonna try to pretend this thing. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to pretend that one of my sons isn't a murderer. And Ryuji denies killing his brother, and Kagura agrees. Then explains that if somebody tried to pull the murder off with human strength, then the chance of failure would be quite high. Instead, they needed the strength to pull all four nails out at the same time. Tax. There's only one. There's only one person that could have done that. Yuzo. Have you seen his muscles? Oh, he's nah, nah, nah. the most muscly of them all. <laughs> But uh, now it's actually Robert, the man that used the car to go see the grave. So you were right, Colleen, suspecting the foreigner. It's always the foreigner. If it's not the woman, it's the foreigner. After dinner, Robert stopped the car in front of the shack as he was waiting for Ron and Kazaha. He shot the BB gun at the window and attached the line to the car. All he had to do was drive off and then the trap would be pulled off and the rest of the string would go with him. He could then easily throw that away and the air gun into the mountains. Robert says he just happened to come back to this house after three years, and he even got lost coming back here. How could he set up this trick? Kagura says that Robert has been here more recently, and that he was there just a few days ago, as he's the one that killed Nageshi as well. And he then set up this trick, killed Nageshi in the house to avoid this trap being used. Robert also invited Hattori with the strange letter so he could bump into them and emphasize that he hasn't been here in years. Out of all, like, I get that he's doing this so that nobody would suspect him, 
But what a weird thing that you got like this great private eye to invite. Like you could have had anybody summon <laughs> to this house for any reason you could have bumped into them. And instead he bumps into uh, like a, a guy that could figure out your whole trick. Yeah. Kind of goofed. I guess he, he under, do not underestimate the high schooler. Do not underestimate the Hotori. <laughs> Kegger still isn't sure why Robert killed Nageshi, but it probably has something to do with drugs. Your favorite plot line. Yeah, he reveals that Nobukazu partnered with Nageshi to sell drugs in the dolls. The family's all shocked. They're like, drugs? Oh, I just thought they were really nice dolls that were going for $100,000. Kegger tells them to check the dolls in the workshop. After Robert killed Nageshi, he took one of the dolls and made an agreement to meet with Nebukazu in this room. Nebukazu fell into a trap and was promptly murdered. Robert tells Kogura to stop joking around without evidence and to explain why Nebukazu was surrounded by thread. This surprises Yoko, who asks her husband if the murder scene was like that. Just then, Hattori yells out that the preparation is complete, and Kogura says he forgot about that until Robert mentioned it, but now it's all set up. Robert kind of gives himself away here by mentioning a detail that he shouldn't have known. And they make it all dramatic, too. They just all go silent, and Robert's, like, looking at them. He's like, what did I miss? And I felt that same way, too. I was like, well, did I miss something? I guess he just gave himself away, but how? But, yeah, they had, like, this pact that nobody would talk to Robert. And uh, I gotta say one other weird thing that I guess never really gets addressed here when there's not really a great part to bring it up but i kind of want to want to just now but the other two deaths you know the uh the first two deaths the suicides they also had the strings around them why the fuck was there string <laughs> okay i wasn't sure because at the beginning i thought there was string and then as we moved along the case i was like oh i guess there wasn't any string and i just like talked myself out of it so I'm not sure why there was string. Because if they were, like, legit suicides, then there shouldn't be any string there. Yeah, I was always kind of confused about that. This, I don't know, for, like, a manga case, this had a lot of odd ends that, like, I felt weren't really resolved properly. And, uh, kind of really bothered me. So I was like, like, did Misa kill herself? But then the guy, like, I don't know, it was like, did he find the body first, then he... You know, by he, I mean the father. Well, the fake father. <laughs> guy that died here. Nebukazu. Uh, not the it? father. Nebukazu. Yeah, so it's like, did he, like, dress it up after he found her suicide? And then did he kill the wife or something? Or did the wife actually kill her? Where the, where the fuck did the strings come from? Because everybody's, <laughs> like, so certain that it ties to the fucking... The curse. Myth. Yeah. Like, did the girls, or the, I don't know, do women just want to be like, I'd be cooler if I put a, put a bunch of string uh, over me before I kill myself. Oh, yeah, that that's right. It's more fashionable that way. Yeah, it's just weird. I don't know. And it never really gets addressed, and I was just left like, where the hell did the string come from? I guess we'll uh, have to dive into the manga. So, Ken shows that there are strings glued on across the top of the ceiling, as Yuzo placed the doll into the window and then Hattori rides his motorcycle to get the trick started. The noose goes around the doll's neck and it pulls him into the beam. The string then snaps and the body falls into the many strings below, making it look tangled in them. 
Kagura then asked Robert how he knew about Nobukazu being tangled with strings, as they never mentioned that to those that didn't see the body. And Kagura had specifically asked them not to say anything. Only the killer would know that, so that's proof that Robert did it. And he's like, (laughs) Well, what can I say? He shot himself in the foot with a BB gun. Yeah, Robert admits to the crime and asks how they knew to suspect him. Tori says it was the number of fish at dinner time. Conan's hand coming back up. Yeah, from part one. Look at that. Atari, Kazuha, and Robert were meant to be unexpected, but they were only short two fish, so somebody was already expecting Robert. At first, Hattori was suspicious of Yoko, but the person controlling the spending was Nobukazu, so Robert became the most suspicious. Yoko asked Nobukazu why he killed Nageshi as well. Robert says that Nageshi had informed him of Misa's suicide, and then insulted her, saying nobody would take her as a bride anyhow, and that she was better off dead. <laughs> and old Robert, he says, with eyes that were consumed by drugs, he was exposing things to me and laughing all the way. And Robert explains that he had studied Japanese like mad for Misa these past three years, and wanted to see her, so he couldn't take the disrespect. He never thought of, like, sending a letter to him. There's no agreement that they would wait for three years. You know what I mean? Like, she could have moved on, gotten married during this time. But this dork's just like, you know what? I'm going to leave. I'm going to study Japanese. And then I'm, I'm sure she's waiting for me as well. Why wouldn't she? I'm, I'm Robert, you know? Yeah, we're... N- Everybody. <laughs> I'm Robert. I'm Robert, I'm Robert Taylor. <laughs> I have two first names, thank you. Yeah, there was no agreement that they would stay in touch. They didn't exchange contact information. Like, Robert could have just as easily written a letter. And hopefully a family member would have written him back that Misa, I guess, passed away at the time. Like, that was definitely also one of the the weaker points. Like, that was never explained. Tori says that Robert crossed the line when he attacked Kazaha. Robert said, I didn't care who got hurt. I was just out for rage. (laughs) (laughs) Tori grabs Robert by the neck, and he's about to tell him how, why Misa really committed suicide. And for some reason, Conan's like, no, don't do it. (laughs) What are you? Because Conan's a romantic. He didn't want to ruin Robert's life, Robert Taylor's life. We then see Ron explain the English word shine to the twins. They're not at this meeting for some reason. <laughs> no, <laughs> the love... twins, Ron and Kazuha, get to stay in the other house. They're not part of the the big investigation, the big resolution. Yeah, so she explains the word shine to the twins. And they're like, oh, Robert probably thought of Misa as a person that was like shining light, Ron says. What a, no. <laughs> what a dork Robert is. They're like, they go, what do you think about Misa? And he goes, shine. <laughs> Not even like light or anything, shine. Which I am I would think is a less familiar word for somebody who doesn't know English that well. And uh, the kids go, oh yeah, Robert was saying that he wanted a bride that shine with light. We have to apologize, Robert. Because it was the same as Nageshi, so we thought he wrote a horrible thing to her. And it turns out that if you're in Ramaji, shine, if you turn it into shine, that means die. So they 
They thought that Robert wanted her to die, and and Misa said, "Oh, I'm gonna kill myself now," and she did. Wow, that that's tragic. Like just because Robert, like I don't even understand. I mean, I have a guess as to how this happened, but okay, I'm supposed to believe that they like communicated with each other for however long Robert was there like in Misa's care but she didn't once think that oh maybe this guy didn't write die like shine maybe this is actually an English word that he wrote because he sucks the Japanese so I don't know this whole misunderstanding was so sad and tragic and also I, I, I mean it could have been prevented oh like if any of them had like an ounce of courage and not being like well, pussies. Uh, <laughs> like, the fact that she was like, oh, he's gonna leave forever. I better not tell him how I feel. I better have these six-year-olds go up to him and <laughs> she uh, communicate through six-year-olds. And then he was the same way. He was like, well, I can't tell her that she she's the shine of my <laughs> life. and She's such a shining light, the beacon of light in my life. I can't say that. I'm Robert. <laughs> so I'm just going to write shine. And uh, nothing's going to go wrong. She'll wait three years for me. I'm going to learn Japanese because the language barrier is really hurting us getting along. Even though, you know, we spent these months together. And it seemingly wasn't really an issue because I can speak it. And... We wouldn't really have a reason to write to each other when we're together, but uh, I need to learn the kanji, you know, <laughs> but I'm going to leave for a couple <laughs> years. I hope she doesn't kill herself. And I'm not going to give her my address or any sort of phone number. Who needs that? We're just going to pine after each other. Well, she didn't do much pining. <laughs> she did more dying. Three, three days of pining. I guess maybe not at all after she got that mysterious message from him. Yeah, like, I don't know, I held this case in such high regard, and now going through it, I'm kind of like, wow, there's a lot of issues. Oh, me too, <laughs> like, my final thoughts, uh, they're not going to make much sense after all the, like, criticism I've laid out. So Hattori explains the misunderstanding to Robert, and he falls to the floor. The night passed, and Robert was moved to Tatori Police Department, Karen says, in the narration voice, I guess it's Shinichi. In the police car, Robert kept repeating the same words over and over again. Why wasn't I Japanese? Why wasn't she American? As though he was a broken puppet, again and again he repeated. Although, if he was Japanese and she was American, they'd have the same exact scenario, but in reverse. Ah, yes. Just saying. So would he be part of this, the Takeda family? He'd be the... Yeah, this... (laughs) This whole family sucks, <laughs> except for Yuzo, who's just stupid, but in a lovable way. He, he, yeah, he was. I, I think maybe he's adopted. Maybe there's also a birth secret around Yuzo. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. After the ending song, the twins asked why Robert went, uh, went with the police because the killer was the spider demon. They saw it coming back from their bath as they saw a long spider web coming from the open window in the shack. Tori is about to explain it to the kids, but Granny saves the day. She says, oh, it was the spider demon. And uh, Robert just went back to his home country. You don't have to worry about him. And they say, Grandmama, Grandmama, why don't you tell us some stories? <laughs> They're British now. <laughs> and she goes, 
Okay, let's, uh, what about Maya Mountain's Black Rabbit? And they're like, oh, thank you, Grandmama. Can we have some crumpets? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so happy ending. And Kegra wakes up and Kenny's just like, oh, good Grandma. Way to go. Wow. Yeah. Didn't expect those voices, now did you? <laughs> no, that was some, like, top class voice acting I'm I'm really sad that I'm probably not going to be able to hear them again because we never see these characters. Although we do get twins in the future, There's more twins to come. Oh, are you going to use Don't those worry. same names or not the names, <laughs> the same voices for those? Maybe twins? who can say they're like Maybe. grown women. Are they? Aren't they? Are... Maybe it's a time. Are skip. we thinking who of the say? same twins? I'm thinking of the maids in that episode. Mask episode. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna go, Grandmama! Grandmama! <laughs> oh, it's horrible, Grandmama! There were no crumpets left! We only got half a crumpet! And we're out of tea! two strangers came! And no tea! <laughs> oh, we can't have any Earl Grey today! Oh, no! <laughs> so the uh, next canon's hit is makeup! <laughs> okay. So that'd be good. You know, we didn't have a fashion corner this weekend. Do you, do you have anything we can shoehorn a fashion corner <laughs> in real quick? Um, let's see. Not really. What do you think about Ron's charger accessory? <laughs> well, given that we don't actually see it in any of these three episodes, I don't know what it looks like, but I suppose I like the sentiment behind it that Shinichi got it for. But, uh, like... Leave it to Shinichi to get her something. I suppose it's practical, depending on what it charges, but it's not. What the hell? She charges. She has nothing on her that charges. <laughs> she doesn't it's not have even practical. Cell phone. She just she just brings it along. Like, she has no reason <laughs> oh my for this charge. It's like instead of bringing it along, uh, well, I guess it is a token of Shinichi's love. She's like you know caressing it. She sleeps with this charger. Alright, so we, we I've been talking trash about these like ending sequences. This might take the cake here. Conan goes, Next time and Ron says, You won't dare miss and Conan says, Next case Case closed. <laughs> None of that made any sense. Garbage. Alright. So let's get your final thoughts on the Tutory Spider Mansion Demon. Um, okay, so let's pretend I didn't say all that bad stuff earlier, and then we're just going to go through my final thoughts, um, because I thought it was a solid case, and I thought that hack Goshoyama came through for us, but uh, now I'm realizing that there are some uh, holes in it. Um, I did think that the three parts were justified, though. Uh, like, there wasn't one, at least... I didn't think there was one that was necessarily weaker than the others. Um, they were pretty evenly paced, in my opinion, and they kept me interested throughout. Um, I love that we got to see Haiji and Kazuha again. It's, that's always fun. I love their dynamic together. Um, Haiji, of course, was funny in the whole, like, oh, get an undress, let me see, uh, basically, because he was looking for, obviously, the taser mark, but... Kazuha didn't know that so that was a little bit of a funny misunderstanding there um 
I thought they handled the uh, backstory stuff really well. I'm a sucker for dramatic family secrets, birth secrets, things like that. So that part really worked for me. Um, I do feel bad though that... So back when I was talking about all those theories I had at the end of part two, I feel bad that I pinned essentially three murders on Nobukazu. Um, and I think I also... <laughs> Instead of Nageshi, I called him, called his assistant Nagisa for a little while, so sorry about that. But, um, yeah, the, uh, the ending, though, it was super sad. Like, it's probably gonna stick with me for a few days. It, it had quite an impact on me, just that, the fact that, you know, Robert had a role to play in Misa's death, and they didn't even realize it. Like, it was this whole, like, uh lost in translation thing that was very tragic so yeah it it's kind of like it was quite impactful um yeah people always ask what did bill murray whisper he said shine shine that's what he he whispers at the end of that (laughs) shine shine um that's how they say it in french they say shine um fragile (laughs) I, uh, so, like, after watching it, I thought, like, this case was, like, a thumbs up. Like, I I really enjoyed it, but, um, you know, actually doing a deep dive, I realized, okay, there were a few, like, flaws. So, I'd be really interested in going back to the manga to see, um, if they just didn't get animated properly or if that was just how the case was written and Goshoyama just decided to do it that way. Yeah, until we talked about the episode, I thought this was great. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I have like a lot of, und- uh, you know, there's a lot of stones that seem unturned and not really explained. And it's odd, because usually Conan's very good at wrapping up loose ends, and there's not stuff that's brought up without a reason, you know? Yeah. But it seems like there's a lot of stuff here that didn't get fully explained and that's just kind of strange here that i feel like the and while we did point out accurate (coughs) while we did point out accurate issues with the whole part with robert and misa i do feel like that uh mistake and the you know the faulty translation that ended up costing her her life and breaking her heart and all i think i think that's a really powerful moment even if even with like the the issues like that does hit him so i i I recommend this case just for that and i remember when i read the manga the first time and when i saw the anime the first time you know i was really hit home by that and i guess maybe just when you watch this stuff repeatedly and then you go through details comb by comb like a bunch <laughs> of pedantic nerds like us we're gonna find issues but uh yeah like i still hold this case in high regards even though i kind of just <laughs> went like i had like five thousand <laughs> issues with it but yeah so it's, it's odd um to be like oh yeah this I, this is like a really memorable case for that reason because once it started getting to the like oh we talked to robert i was like oh yeah i remember that but i still couldn't remember like the shit with the strings and stuff i wasn't close to figuring that out but i did remember that tragic you know issue of two people not being able to communicate 
which uh, a lot of coding cases kind of come down to like communication issues and misunderstandings. That's a big thing. Yeah, so it's kind of a, a classic counting moment, but uh, yeah, there's a lot of small issues, but I, I think big picture wise, this case nails it out of the park. Yeah, I mean, compared to the cases last week, I I was pretty down on them. Um, so this one was a bit... hater. <laughs> yeah, let's say that. Uh, but this one uh was uh it kind of like brought everything back to me and like. I I was very excited about it, so I I was able to overlook the flaws that we just pointed out for the last hour and a half. All right, so uh, next podcast we'll be covering Venus's Kiss, which is the next Conan's episode, Conan episode number one sixty nine, and then we're going to talk about our favorite villains so far. So. <laughs> Expect Colleen to talk about her, like, favorite detective or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm not very good at following the rules for these as, uh... Alright, our favorite one-off characters. Well, this guy's appeared five <laughs> times, but... My favorite one-off character is Takagi. <laughs> so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about some of our favorite villains in the anime thus far from episode 1 to 168. They're all eligible, so... Wow, that's a lot. I don't know how yeah. we're gonna narrow it down. Well, just think think about what's memorable, Colleen. You go, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> oh, is that how thinking works? All right, so that'll do it for this episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you later. Bye. Bye, and remember, one truth always prevails. <laughs>